0: Welcome to Plain English with Pastor Jay, God's word for everyday people. For me growing up, one of the biggest parts of my life was Saturday morning cartoons. And I know I can hear some of you right now, you taking that flashback, and I remember waking up at like 7 a.m. I would get up, jump out the bed, go get my cereal. Man. I would love to tell you it was brand name, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it was more like uh, Cinnamon Toasters, you know, because, man, we was broke. My mama didn't take us to go get Kellogg's brand. We went to Aldi Brand. Y'all know some of them Aldi Brands, you know, Fruit Rounds, Captain Crunchies. We had that type of stuff. And I'd go get my bowl, get my milk, and I'd sit in front of the TV, and starting at 7 a.m., cartoons galore would start coming on, and I would just be watching and, and just eating it up man this was amazing no school nowhere to go just me and my imagination but what was even better somewhere around 9:30, 10 o'clock superheroes would start coming on tv spider-man would be on the incredible x-men and I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about and there was always something in me that valued the idea of superheroes like I wanted to be one I wanted to be one bad. I wanted to have the power to bring about change. You know, I wanted to affect people's lives. I wanted them to know uh, that, that I was here for them. And I think all of us, at some point, we have things in our lives that we wish we could change. We wish we had the power to overcome this or to help this person change that situation. Growing up, I would watch Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, you know, all these incredible superheroes. And then Marvel came along and did something incredible for me. They started making movies. Y'all, when I saw Iron Man 1, I was hooked. This was this wasn't like, you know, old school Superman. And I'm not hating on the old school movies, but this was like, it was real. It, it was what I read in the comics, what I saw on the cartoons, it was my experiences uh, All coming to life and they made Iron Man and then they made Thor movies they made Spider-Man movies and I am going crazy watching all these things happen and then I heard the Avengers was coming and oh my god I was like they're doing what they're putting them together so everybody I want you to know right now I was that guy when Avengers Endgame came out and it was going to be the biggest battle Ever made in movie history with superheroes from all across the Marvel Universe I was there and at the end of that movie there's a scene where Thanos is whooping Captain America and he hits him and knocks him like 25 30 feet back Captain America is hurt he's losing this fight and Thanos is standing there And all of his army starts walking up behind him. And it's literally Captain America facing off against Thanos and like several hundreds of thousands of army people. And I'm waiting for him to just like, what are you going to do? He picks up his shield. He locks it in. And he's about to go to war with him. And right in that moment, a portal opens. And the Black Panther walked through. Oh, my God. i I was in the movie theater like yes yes it was absolutely amazing these portals start opening all these different superheroes that had disappeared with the snap of a finger in the previous movie start returning and it was unbelievable for someone like me who had spent over 30 years of my life looking at watching cheering on and loving the idea of superheroes to see this stuff happen on the big screen It was a moment for me, one of the best movie moments I've ever had. And in that moment when all of these people stand at Captain America's side, he says these two words, Avengers assemble. Avengers assemble. And it was just a culmination of 21 movies leading up into this incredible moment. And I think the reality for me in that watching that right then was I think we all at some point have wanted to be superheroes. And what I want to do is take a few moments thinking about this whole theme of Avengers Assemble, thinking about the reality of superheroes coming to the forefront to fight against the army that's coming to destroy. I want to take a moment and express to you what I believe God gave to me in this message entitled So You Want to Be a Superhero. And I need you to know there's some things that if you want to be a superhero, there's some things you need to know. There's some things you're going to have to recognize that every superhero really needs. So let's jump into some scripture and I'm going to uh, direct you to Nehemiah chapter 4 and we're going to start in verses 7 through 9. And in this story, it says, but when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. It says they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. And I wanna let you know the first thing that you need to recognize, if you wanna be a superhero, you need to know that every good hero has a villain. You gotta have a villain. You have to have a villain. You can't be a superhero and not fight against anything. Christians need to understand that you're going to have opposition. And here's the crazy part about a villain. Real villains, you don't have to go look for them. Oh no, you don't have to at all. Just do what God has called you to do and understand that real villains are going to hear about you and come find you. Oh yeah, they're going to hear about what's happening. They're going to hear about the things you're building. They're going to hear about the lives you're changing and they're going to come check you out. This scripture tells us that they plotted to come together and fight against Jerusalem. Jerusalem's not even bothering them. If so when you are sitting around minding your own business, Doing the things that God has called you to do and wondering why things are starting to get hard. Because every superhero needs a villain. And everyone that's doing the will of God is going to have opposition. Now at the end of this says they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. And I want to bring a reality to you right now. Nehemiah said to meet this opposition, we prayed and we prepared to fight. So here's the thing that's been frustrating me a bit. I'm seeing a lot of believers online and they're spreading a lot of stuff They're saying a lot of things. Hey, we've got to do this. We've got to pray. We've got to speak the word. And I have nothing against that. The Bible teaches us that we should pray without speak without ceasing. The Bible teaches us that we should be meditating on his word day and night. The Bible teaches us all this and that there's power in prayer that where two or three of us are gathered together, he'll be in the midst. It teaches us all of this, but it also teaches us that we got to put some action with our faith. We have to do something. We can't just pray and go have a seat. We can't just pray and say, God, you do all the heavy lifting. We've turned it over to you. Have your way while I go back here and relax in this back room. Reach out to me and let me know when you're done. That's not how this works. So Nehemiah in this story says that his response was to pray and to prepare to fight. He said that I posted a guard day and night. To meet this threat the Bible tells us after having done all you can to stand we should be doing everything that we can and then standing on the word of the Lord we need to understand that there is an aspect of the natural that has to go with the super and I hope that makes sense supernatural takes the super and the natural puts them together we have to have both the human and the divine perspective as we face off against our opposition. Now, you might ask, well, what is the natural or what is the human perspective? I'm glad you asked that question. I want to teach you a brand new word that's going to help change your life. OK, the word is we shall. Can everybody with me say the word we shall? Sounds good. One more time. We shall. W-E-S-H-A. We shall will change your life. We shall is about understanding that I have to control the things that I can control. And that even though I've turned everything over to God, there's some things he's looking for from me that I have control over. We shall. W-E, work ethic. S-H, study habits. Uh Uh-oh. A. Attitude. Why is this important? Because I've got complete and total control over all three of these things. If I can control and master my work ethic, oh, I'll always have a job. People will always be looking to put me on their team. They'll always be looking for me to oversee a ministry or to oversee a department. They'll always be looking for me to come alongside them when they need to get things accomplished because they know that my work ethic is going to be second to none. I can control how hard I work. My study habits, I can control how hard I study. I can control how much time I put into being prepared and see when I'm prepared for a test, I can pass the test. And even if, let's say, I fail the test the first time, my study habits, if they're on point, I'm going to go back and look at the things I missed so that the next time that same test walks into my life, oh, you best believe I'm going to be ready for it. So we got work ethic. We have our study habits. And lastly, we have our attitude. If I can control my attitude, I can be successful no matter what the situation may be. If I can figure out a way to be content no matter what the situation is that I'm in, I can affect whatever atmosphere for change. I can be a change agent for, a change agent for God regardless of where he places me. So again, we shall control your work ethic. Work on your study habits. Master those. Make sure you keep your attitude in check. It'll change your life. And when we bring these things and we offer them up to a God that has control of everything and all power in his hands, I'm telling you, there's nothing that can't be accomplished. So remember that term, we shall, work ethic, study habits, and your attitude. Amen. Amen these are the things God looks at and he says, can I trust you? You want promotion? Can he trust you? You want more money? Can he trust you? You want to reach more people? You want to be more effective? You want to see more glory? You want to obtain everything God has for you? I respond with, can he trust you? Amen. And I hope that's a challenge for you as much as it is for me. I'm looking at areas of my life and I'm asking that question. God, can you trust me? Let's jump back into verses 13 and 14 and continuing this story. Nehemiah says, therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears and bows. Here's the second thing I need you to know about every good hero. We had the first thing, every good hero has to have a villain. That's how you know how strong the superhero even is, is by the strength and the size of the villain he's able to overcome. So we know that. The second thing every hero needs, you're going to need a team. What I loved about the Avengers, they had all of their single movies where we got to meet them, we got to know them, we got to see how incredibly powerful they were by themselves. But I got news for you, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how many things you've overcome in your past. There's always for every person gonna come a time when you are not gonna be able to do it by yourself. You're gonna need some help. So Thanos comes on the scene and they realize I in my own strength, and my own power can't do this by myself. I need some help. So Nehemiah says that in building this wall, there were low points. There were exposed areas. How many of you know that you've got some low points in your life? Know that you've got some exposed areas that it's hard to cover because we've all got strengths. We all have areas that we're strong in. And if you attack me in those areas, I'm really not that worried about you. But i got some blind spots. I got some areas I'm not that strong in, and if you attack me there, you could obtain victory over me. So I need a team. I need some people around me that can shore up those areas. I need some people who can hold me accountable in those places. And I need to be honest about this is a weak spot for me. Can I place you here? This is an area I'm not as strong in, and if I'm attacked over here, I don't know if I'll make it. Can you help me and can I post you up right here? Can you lend me your strength in these areas? Because the wonderful thing about a team is that you balance each other out. Areas that I'm weak in, if that's a strength for you, let me put you here. I don't have to do this alone. So every hero needs a team to help protect your exposed places. I heard a quote that said, if you wanna go fast, go by yourself, go alone. But if you want to go far, you gotta go with others. If you wanna last the test of time, you gotta have some people around you. But I'm gonna encourage you to don't just pick anybody. (laughs) Some of y'all, you got a team, your team is ratchet. <laughs> your team is terrible. As my mother would say, your team is raggedy. You have people on your team that aren't even interested in fighting. Not really, not really. They're coming to a spiritual battle and they have no weapons. They have no sword. They have no, they, you know you heard that phrase, bringing a knife to a gunfight? They didn't even bring a knife. They walking up looking to do hand-to-hand combat when the enemy is over there with rocket launchers. That's some of your team. And you need to be honest. I need some fighters on my team. I need some people that could care less about what Satan is saying and what Satan is trying to do to me. But all they want to do is proclaim what God has said about us, that we're victorious, that we're more than conquerors. I need a team like that. There's a movie that I know many of you have seen. I'm going to get you, sucker. And I had to say it, you know, the way they did. And in that movie... And if you haven't seen it, you know, check it out. Old school, take you way back. But there's a character played by Isaac Hayes. And near the end of that movie, they're collecting all their weapons together so they can go take out Mr. Big. And everybody's grabbing, you know, a couple of guns. People are putting grenades in bags. They're they're putting their favorite weapons on. And Isaac Hayes walks up to the table. And he ain't playing no games. He grab a pistol, put it in his ankle. Grab another pistol, put it on his other ankle holster. He grab another gun, got a holster here, holster here. Got two more on his waist. He puts on a jacket over that and then he reaches out and grabs two sawed-off shotguns. And Jim Brown, who was in there, looks at him and says, brother, you think you got enough? And Isaac Hayes looks at him, geared up and says, you can't never have enough. And that's how I feel right now. You can never have enough. You got to have people that's got that type of mentality, folks that come to the battle strapped and ready for war. I need some Christians in my life who, yes, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, sanctified, pleading the blood of Jesus, but also are ready to ride or die. Some folks that's ready to get in the car and go ride out on Satan. Some folks that's willing to walk up to the gates of hell and tear down his very kingdom. I need some people like that on my team. And if you're one of them people, I need you to just yell hallelujah right now. Just yell hallelujah. Pastor Jay, I'm ready for battle. I'm ready for war. You can't just have anybody on your team. In this scripture, Nehemiah does something crazy. He says that he posted them by families. And he tells them, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight For your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. So at the weak points, at the exposed places, he doesn't just put military people. He puts people there with swords, spears, whatever they have, and he puts them in families. So you've got a father with his kids. A husband with his wife. You've got families with their brothers and their sisters, their nieces, their nephews, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, and they're all holding spears. And I got to tell you something. Fights hit a little different when you realize that me losing could kill and destroy my wife. A mother's going to fight a little differently when she realizes that if I fail, my kids could die. Because see, some of y'all got people on your team that have nothing to lose. They just in the battle. But the minute things get hot, the minute they look at an approaching army and realize, man, I'm crazy outnumbered right now. If they by themselves, they're going to take off running. I'll give you a real world example. If I'm sitting on my couch and I'm home by myself. And I hear somebody start beating on my backsliding glass door with a bat or a crowbar trying to break in. Man, there ain't nothing in that house that's worth me losing my life over. I'm going to politely get my butt up and go out the front door. <laughs> go to somebody's house and call the police. Y'all come handle this. It's just me. I ain't fighting nobody over nothing in my house. I can replace the TV. Take my couch. <laughs> I'm cool with that. It's a whole different story. If I'm sitting on my couch one night, someone starts beating on my back glass sliding door trying to get in, and my wife and my baby are sleeping in that back room. You got a whole different problem on your hands. I'm not going anywhere because in my mind, if I leave, the destruction comes to them. And I guarantee you, you're not getting to them without going through me. And you have the fight of your life on your hands. Because I have everything to lose in that situation. And I refuse to allow danger to get through me to get to them. Whole different type of fight. You need people like that on your team. You need people that believe in what you believe in. You need people that have uh, something to lose. You need people that are trying to build what you're trying to build. You need folks that have Family that are sold out and bought into this so they know, uh uh-uh, I can't let you fail because if you fail, this could affect all of us. Uh Uh-uh, I can't run away when things get hard because if I run away, my family could take the hit. You need some people on your team that are sold out to the calling that God has on our lives collectively. Amen. Amen. You gotta have some folks that's looking to fight. Some folks that came ready, strapped up, Hey, I brought more than enough. Those are the people you need on your team. And if you look at your squad and you realize, Pastor Jay, I got some folks. I don't know if I could trust them in a foxhole. If something happened to me or something was trying to come on to me, someone's trying to destroy my family or hurt me in my exposed areas, I'm not convinced they would stand up and fight. It's time to let them go. Amen. Amen. We're coming to an end right here. Let's jump into our last segment. Verses 16 through 20. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I, who is Nehemiah, said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we already talked about two things every good hero needs. Every good hero needs a villain, should expect some opposition. We know that every good hero at some point is going to need a team to come alongside them to fight off some things that they couldn't fight off by themselves. And the last thing that every good hero needs to understand and recognize, this segment here at the end that said the work is extensive and spread out. We are widely separated from each other along the wall. And wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Every good hero needs to rally to the call of their leader. You got to rally to the call. It's not just about you. We have to be submissive to someone that God has placed over the top of us. We can't leave our leadership to fight alone. Amen. We can't leave our leadership to fight alone. Understand we are actually more powerful when we work together. God has literally, according to this scripture and in the spirit, he has blessed some of you to be spiritually ambidextrous. Spiritually ambidextrous. You can work with your left and your right hand. You can pray and build at the same time. God has blessed some of you with abilities and talents that are beyond what's normal. And that's not to make you special, that's not to give you the big head, but that is to say, if you have the ability to do more, you have the obligation to do more. If God made you ambidextrous, and you can carry bricks and a sword, get to work. It's time to get to work. We need to understand that regardless of your skill level or where you've been placed on the wall, it's imperative that we all keep our swords within reach. Look at what God is doing even now. One of my main concerns for the church in this moment, I'm so happy in one aspect because I see us stepping into a world of creativity that many of us never would have. God is using this thing to push us outside of our comfort zone. We're using technology we've never used before. We're thinking of ways to get outside the church because we can't even come here. This sanctuary is completely empty except for me. And all of our thoughts for this entire week has been around how can we reach more people outside of this building? That's the number one concern. And that's what Jesus told us. Start here. Go outside and then go to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what churches all over creation are doing right now. We're building systems. We're working on strategies. We're coming together as pastors. Churches are helping. There's churches that don't have the ability to record. And churches that do are offering them the opportunities and the help. We're working together like the body of Christ was always supposed to. My fear and my concern is that once these bands end and we get back to business as usual, that we're not going to maintain these things that we've been building. So what I'm saying is as we read through Nehemiah and he's talking about being armed and he's talking about being ready to fight, we need to be ready to defend the work that God is doing right now. Satan is gonna try to break this down. He's gonna try to get rid of all this, all these steps forward that we've taken. He's gonna try to separate us once this is over. So we have to be ready with prayer in one hand and a sword in the other to stand up against him and say, you will not tear this wall back down. Not gonna do it, not on my watch. You can't have it. Ready to fight, ready to defend. What God is doing in this moment. And it comes back to are you ready to submit to leadership and support your leader with what you have, with your talents, with your treasure, with your time. We're all building a wall right here and our leader is calling us to the battleground. He's saying let's gather together and build something that's going to be better than what was. We're called to this right now. So whenever our leader blows the trumpet in this scripture, he says that whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us at that place. It's at that place that God will fight for us. Because, see, we miss out on the part, again, going back to we're praying for victory. We're praying for God to fight on our behalf. But there are some steps we need to take as well. And part of that is living in a life of submission and fighting the battles that God has called us to. You can't get victory in a battle God didn't call you to. He don't owe you victory in that. You're fighting things that he never told you to pick up a sword and go against. You're running after things that he never told you to chase down. Uh Uh-uh. Wait for the trumpet sound. And wherever that trumpet sounds, you pick up your sword and you run to your leader. You rally around him and you fight in that place. Because it's in that place that God says, I will fight on your behalf. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's but only in the places where he's called you to fight. Man, if we get this right, you can't lose. If you only fight the things he told you to fight, you'll never lack for victory. Amen. Amen. I need you to understand from our Park Lawn family, Pastor Marcus, our leader, is blowing the trumpet. He's blowing a trumpet. He's calling us to the front lines. He's calling us for prayer. He's calling us for fasting. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to care. He's calling us to reach out and to touch people best we can, even if that's through a screen, if that's through a camera. He's calling us to the battlefield. And if we want the victory that God has called us to have, we have to run to the place where our leader is blowing the trumpet. It's in that place that Nehemiah tells us our God will fight for us. I pray this message blesses you as a superhero in the making, because I believe we are that. And I'm believing you're going to do some heroic things that are going to change people's lives. Remember, every good hero has to have a villain. You shouldn't expect this to be easy. The Bible says, think it not strange when persecution comes. Expect the opposition. Matter of fact, for me personally, opposition typically tells me I'm going the right direction. The second thing every good hero needs is a team. We can't do this by ourselves, you all. We need each other. We need each other. This virus that's going around right now, the actions of people are affecting other people. We need each other to overcome, not just this virus, but some of our issues physically, some of our issues spiritually. Get the right people around you. Let God reveal who you need to let go and let him bring the right people into your life during this season. And the third thing to remember is that every good hero needs to rally to the call of their leader. I want to offer up a prayer for three groups of people. Those of you who are facing opposition in your lives. And I want you to just raise your hand even now sitting in there just as a physical acknowledgement. Pastor Jay, I'm I'm facing some opposition. I'm going through some fights right now that I'm struggling in whatever area that can be finances, that can be spiritually, that can be real life, whatever that is. I'm struggling with opposition. If that's you, raise your hand. Those of you who know you need some help protecting your exposed areas, I want you to raise your hand. Pastor Jay, I got some weaknesses. I got some exposed areas, man. And as we're building this wall, I can't protect all of them. You know, I got some areas that I know if I get hit there, I might slip up. If you know you need some good people around you, you know you need God to send you a team. Just lift your hand. And lastly, those of you who recognize that it's going to take some work on our part to see God's will accomplished in this earth. And if you're ready to do some work, if you're ready to pray and to add some we to that. Raise your hand. Even now, we're going to pray. And I believe God is going to start working on your heart through this camera lens to make some changes. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this message of how to be a superhero for you. God, I'm praying first and foremost for all of those who are facing real opposition in this time. And that might be an opposition in health, that could be an opposition in finances, that could be an opposition at home with family, that can be any of a number of areas. God, we're asking for your touch, we're asking for your presence, for your strength, for your peace, God. I'm praying for those that know they need a team around them, Jesus. Those that are dealing with loneliness, dealing with despair, depression. Those that are struggling right now because their normal ways of, of fighting against what is happening in their lives spiritually, maybe they don't have access to those. So God, I'm praying for your strength, Jesus, to help send people to line up on the wall and guard and play a role in protecting their exposed areas, God. I pray for a level of honesty within all of us to acknowledge our low places and to say, man, that spot right there, Jesus, I need help. I need somebody to stand there. I need somebody to hold me accountable in that because I can't do this alone. And lastly, God, we pray for those that recognize that they should be doing more during this time. God, I pray that you will convict them I pray that you will lay things on their hearts that they can do, things with their time, things with their talents, things with their treasure that can be accomplished in this season to proclaim your name and to fight against the opposition that is coming in so many areas for so many people. Help us, God. Bless us. Allow us to continue serving you, to continue seeking after your heart, continue seeking after your will in this earth that you use us to accomplish. God, allow us to not just pray, but also to stand on the things that we can control along with your word. Lord, allow our works to show forth our faith. Use us in this day and in this season. May the world know that the church of the living God will not be stopped by any virus, by any sickness, by anything that tries to prevail against the gates of heaven. It can't do it. You've already proclaimed that, God. Use us to be your hands and your feet, Jesus. Help us to reach and to win people, even now on a brand new landscape. You're still Lord. You're still God. I pray through your spirit that you give us ideas, that you give us another level of creativity. I call forth the creatives. I challenge them, God. Lord, I plead for you to give them ideas even now of things that can be done to make your name great during this time. Bless us, God. Keep us. Provide for us, Jesus, so that we can provide for others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say thank you to all of you that have tuned in with us, all of you that have spent this time with us. We love you. We appreciate you. Please feel free to post on the Facebook page what's happening, what's going on. Continue praying for your families and your friends and your loved ones. And more than anything, man, let's be superheroes for Jesus, because I'm standing here now as Captain America, and I'm saying, Avengers, assemble. We'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us at Plain English with Pastor Jay. If you would like to hear more of Plain English, please subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at Plain English with Pastor Jay.